Welcome to This Is Life. Hello, everybody. All right. It is again another Friday. Uh, in fact, it's not just any Friday. Today, I think, is Valentine's Day. Uh, so how cool is that? So those of you who celebrate Valentine's Day, you know, I know there's some people who see this day as just a, another day for, for Hallmark to print cards and for your local uh, flower shop to uh, to to sell a bunch of roses and flowers and all those things, but you know, just like anything, I believe that today and every other day for that matter, whether or not it has a name attached to it, uh, the day is what we make it. And so, if you choose to maybe set apart today to just spend a little bit of extra time or money or care or thought into celebrating whomever God has blessed you with in your relationship, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I hope you don't either. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, uh, it was always kind of a fun thing. You know, my, my mom was a very, her, her, some people say, call it love language, right? Some people have different types of love languages. Uh, basically, what do they do to show their love? And my mom uh, was very much a gift giver. I mean, even to this day, uh, she makes sure that every single time she, my, my mom lives in Dallas. Okay. So a couple States away. Uh, but her and my daughter, Islan have an incredibly bond, a, a really strong relationship, but they have since really my daughter is born. They just have just, there are two peas in a pod and, uh, there's definitely the highlight of each other's time and day when they get to see and meet each other. Uh, but it's very important to my mom that every single time that she sees Iceland, uh, whether we go down there to visit or she comes up here, uh, that she has a plethora of gifts. In fact, most of the toys in my daughter's collection are not purchased or bought by my wife and myself. Uh, that's all glammy. Yes, glammy. That's what we call her. Uh, my wife, my, sorry, my mom is not a grandma. She's a little bit more of a classy, fancy lady, so she likes to go by glammy. Well, anyway, that was her love language growing up even, was gifts giving. And so my brother and sister and myself uh, kind of became accustomed to and would look forward to uh, Valentine's Day gifts. What's really, really awesome is that Valentine's Day is also happens to be my parents' anniversary. I think today they're celebrating the 37th anniversary. So happy anniversary to mom and dad. Uh, they are, I think, heading down to just to spend a weekend uh, just, a, just at a hotel a couple hours away just to kind of get away. And I just could be more happy for them and i'd really you know it's just really fun seeing them um just still even 37 years later you know dedicating that time to be with one another and sometimes it's okay just to kind of get away a little bit and just enjoy each other's company you know a lot of people they kind of get to even seven eight nine years of marriage and they end up being bored with one another and i think that one of the most important things we can do especially when we are have dedicated our lives to that other person is to make every single day a day that we look forward to making them happy. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Not necessarily, you know, um, this, 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 the, the episode today is not going to be specifically towards married people. I think that we all have, we all can learn how to relate with one another, whether we're single or we're married by just learning the, example of a good marriage of a godly marriage of a marriage that is is ordained by God and but he prefers the husbands and wives to look like you know that I mean if you think about it I mean God created when he created Adam and Eve right it was the 
first marriage. It was the first union between man and, and wife, and they really were designed and created to complement one another. I mean, there's no doubt that there is differences between a man's uh, general personality and, and ways and women's personality ways and even biological uh, now there's neurological, not just emotional, but even biological differences. And these differences are not one or better than the other or worse than the other, but they complement each other. I mean, man and woman are supposed to complement each other, even to the very act of making love is a compliment to one another just because it fits. We're all supposed to just fit together as a husband and wife in every single possible way. And so, you know, when you are married to somebody, you know, it's really easy to just let life happen and bills happen and kids come into fact and, you know, stress every uh, daily work, you know, duties and, and just uh, I'm mean, distractions all over. I mean, there's all so many distractions that people suffer with in their relationships and, and just in general that it's really easy to let all of those things, the Bible calls them the little foxes to come in and spoil the vines. But it's very important that, uh, for somebody who really wants to see their marriage be fruitful and beneficial and something that's long-lasting and enduring, and on top of that is a great example for their children so that when their children grow up, they have an example of what they desire in a relationship because they saw their mom and dad desire a good relationship and we're building that together. Well, how do you do that? Well, you just kind of have to just strictly go and say, God, you were the one who created marriage. You're the one who created family. And what is it you desire? What is it you have set as a precedent, as an example for us to be able to live and to walk by? Because you're the one who created this love in the first place. There's a reason why I have a love and affection towards my wife. It's not just because I think she's beautiful, not just because I think that, you know, her personality fits with mine so much, not that I can make her laugh or that she She's a wonderful mother to my child or to our child. It's not, it's not just that she, you know, challenges me to be a better person. I mean, yes, these are all things that I am grateful for and that I'm so thankful for. Man, I still, every single day, I'm just so enthralled just with the fact that she just, we just work together well. You know, we, we just know each other so well. I mean, there's so many, I can't even tell you countless times where my wife and I will just text one another and literally what we are talking and texting about we just were thinking about individually ourselves and it just happens to be we happen to be thinking about that particular topic same moment and some people say that's just happenstance but hey whatever you call it i'm just glad that i have a connection with my wife like that that we're able to just really be on the same page and walking this journey of life there's literally nobody in this life that i would rather walk hand in hand that with than my wife. I mean, life is tough enough, and man, I'm just grateful and blessed to be able to have a wife that I actually enjoy being around, that I actually want to wake up every single day. I mean, I look over at her in, in, in the bed and be like, you know what? God has really blessed me with a wonderful woman here. How can I make her day better? What is it can I what is it that I can do? It's exclusively, even specifically me, what is it that I can do? Even though she may have a bad day at work, even though my daughter and mistress are out, even though the dog pooped on the floor, I mean, I do whatever, you know, things that happen throughout the day, make her feel secure in knowing that her husband is there 100% behind her and is building her up and is loving her and supporting her and just really giving my all to make sure that she's a happier person at the end of the day than she was when she woke up. 
think about it, if every marriage had that kind of mentality, even if they've been together for 30, 40, 50 years, or even 10 years, I don't care. You know, unfortunately, your marriage isn't about how long it is. It's more about how long can you put up with the other person anymore. It's like, how how long can I last to be with this person? You know, that's so sad to me because... There was a time where you and this other person got in front of a group of people and in front of God, in front of a pastor or uh, maybe a judge, and you, however, were there declaring your eternal love for this other person. And you were saying that from death and from now until death, I'm going to love, honor, and cherish you. I'm going to give all of myself to you. And and doesn't matter if we're rich or for poor, for for better or for worse, whatever life throws at us, you're still my person. You're still the one I'm going to devote and give my life to. And and not, you know, it really frustrates me when hear people like, What's well, marriage? It's just a piece of paper. No, it's not just a piece of paper. It is vows before God and man saying that you're going to give all of yourself to this other person for the rest of your life. And, you know, you don't get that with a relationship that's shack up, right? With just moving in with one another. You don't get that with just being a boyfriend or girlfriend. You're just a boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't care how you've been together for 15 years. If you aren't married, you don't have a relationship that is long-lasting. And the other person has no obligation to you, and you have no obligation to them to stay with them. But if you're married, you have not only your relationship and your love for that other person, you have a vow and a commitment that you've made that keeps you accountable. Not only do you have the love for that other person, but you have something in front of you that you, that you can look at i'm not talking about a marriage certificate here i'm talking about you in 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 your mind's eye and your in in your brain you can remember i made this vow to to love honor cherish death do us part better or worse to give all of myself to this other person so whatever happens when it comes my way i have a responsibility because i'm a man or a woman of my word to hold that now i say that and i understand that some of you may be listening you'd be like well yeah sean but you know, I was in an abusive relationship or they cheated on me or whatever. And I get that. And let me tell you, I don't think any of those things. Okay, Here's how I see it. There are three A's that I have found that scriptural um, reasons or why one would get divorced okay why how basically how to break the how the covenant of a bond of a marriage gets broken because it's not just about death to us part there are other things that kill the relationship that kill the marriage uh and that break the vows and there are three a's that's what i like to call them adultery abuse addiction adultery abuse addiction so obviously adultery pretty self-explanatory you know if the other person uh, is cheating on their spouse if they're you know even uh, I, I honestly I don't even like to go out to lunch even if I have never give a friend that's a female you know I don't even like to go out to lunch with them you know just because I'm like I want to make sure that there's not even the appearance of me you know, looking like I'm looking for somebody else. Uh, Because that's just the respect that I have for my wife. Like, I want her to be completely confident at all times. And if someone were to see me out uh, having lunch by myself, you know, with another girl... You know, that just that's not going to look right. That's not going to increase my wife's trust in me. It's probably going to decrease my wife's trust in me, you know. Um, 
uh, you know, even though maybe completely innocent, it doesn't matter. I, I still am devoted to my wife to make sure that she's confident in my in her relationship with me, and I'm confident in my relationship with her. So adultery, you know, anytime that there's any kind of um, cheating or uh, affairs that you know come in and break the marriage, that's one way that a marriage bond can be broken and the covenant to be removed. Abuse again. This is self-explanatory, but again, if there's any kind of uh, a physical abuse, immediately, that's that's the breaking of the vow. Um, any kind of abuse that's physical or spiritual or emotional. Uh, I mean, we, we I don't know how people get from saying they're going to love, honor, and cherish this person to the rest of their life to become an abuser. Generally, however, I, I hate to say it this way, but it's true. Most people who are abusers, that's not a surprise to the other person. They just kind of maybe overlooked it. Maybe hope if we got married, it would get better. Um, you know, most of the marriages that probably end because of especially abuse, because we didn't pick right in the first place. Now that's not to excuse the behavior by no means, but we got to be wise about whom we are marrying, whom we're going to say we're going to live the rest of our life with, you know, choose wisely, take some time to really get to know that person. I encourage every single young couple that comes to me and is looking thinking about getting married, man, go into some sort of marriage counseling, you know, just to do not only just to make sure that you're sure, but to make sure that you yourself are ready to devote yourself to this kind of commitment. So that way it's not just, quote, a piece of paper. That is truly something that's meaningful. And then, of course, addiction. This could be any kind of addiction. This could be addiction to drugs or to alcohol, uh, sex addiction outside of marriage. Uh, anything that you are putting in front of continually and is causing a negative reaction, causing a, um, a consequence that you're putting in front of your marriage and your spouse and your relationship and your family, any kind of wall that you're putting there. Uh, that can be any kind of an addiction at all that you're spending more time devoting to rather than your spouse. Uh, that obviously breaks the vows. You're, you're cutting off the circulation to your marriage uh, because you're feeding uh, something else. And, you know, this is why men, we have to be real, real careful, guard our hearts, cut our eyes. You know, um, there's all sorts of distractions, especially with pornography and things like that, that really can challenge our relationships with our wives because, you know, and I guess I know women look at pornography too, and I get that, but I'm just talking about to the men here, just from guy to guy, watch your heart, watch your, watch your minds, watch what you put in front of your face, you know, things like that, because yeah, you can, Again, like I talked about last week, we should be able to go and walk in this world and not be distracted because, remember, we are more than conquerors. We also got to be wise at the same time, you know, not putting ourselves in situations where we could be tempted. Um, and definitely don't be doing yourself, doing it alone. If you have a trouble with any kind of addiction, any kind of distraction, anything that's causing a wedge between you and your relationship with your spouse or your relationship with God, I mean, that's why we have brothers and sisters that we can rely on and rely on and ask them to help keep you accountable. And maybe just, just to talk to or call if you never need a time or you're feeling tempted or you're feeling like you just need somebody just to kind of keep you grounded and, and to distract you from falling into temptation. All these things are very smart and very, uh, you know, important because our marriages and our relationships with people are worth protecting and you know it's it's that God. These are gifts from God that God that Jesus that God God gave us. Your marriage is a gift from God that He gave you, and you know uh, I don't ever want to look God in the in the eye and be like, hey, that marriage that you gave me, I didn't give it my all. I didn't 
put in my 100% and ended up falling out from underneath me. I want it to be where God looks at me and says, you know, you did a good job. You know, I gave you my precious Rachel for my instance. I gave you my precious Rachel and my precious Island And Sean, well done, the good faithful servant. You were a wonderful father. You were a wonderful husband. You protected them. You guided them. You gave them strength. You accepted their love and you gave them love in return. These are things that I want to hear because they're so important to me. And far be it for me just to be wanting just to throw it all away out of selfish desires, you know, and I don't think that any of us want to look ourselves in the mirror if we end up throwing something so special away just because we were selfish, because we wanted it for ourselves or we wanted to do our own thing and we forgot about the feelings and the emotional response of the person whom we said we love more than anything else. I want to go to scriptures here just for a few minutes. I want to go to Ephesians 5. 23. These are some verses that I think really get confused. Actually, verse 22, Ephesians 5, 22. These are some scriptures that really, I think, get confused and misguided and mistaught. Um, or moreover, I think the, 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 the weight of responsibility between a husband and a wife gets way too heavy on one side. And you'll see what I mean here in a second. Ephesians 5.22, and hear me out. This is the scripture where we're going to talk about it. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. And we're going to come back to that. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so shall also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, that's to me where I want to start at. That really, in my opinion, that we ought to flip-flop these scriptures because I think that's most important. Before we can really first talk about how wives submit themselves to the husbands as the church does to Christ, we have to set apart an understanding of who Christ is and who Christ is to the church and how if the husband is supposed to be as Christ to the church, which came first, Christ came before the church, we as men have a responsibility and moreover a a commandment, really, to be Christ-like to our wives. Because how can they how can our wives respond to us as the church to Christ if we are not being Christ to her? And that means that we are willing and able and and confident that we are absolutely devoted to be willing to give up anything at all for our spouse. Just like Christ gave us everything, men, we ought to be willing and able and just completely uh, 100% focused on if called for to give everything to our wives, for our wives. And, you know, you hear all the time, we'll take a bullet for you. How, how, what, what are you willing to take? Are you willing to take away your pride? Okay. In an argument, are you willing to set aside your prerogative, your, um, you know, I don't want to say it like your, if your pride let's say we'll call it pride if your pride is in the way of your relationship growing are you willing to lay it down so that the the relationship can progress and move on 
Think about that for a moment. I think very first and foremost, before we could even first begin to talk about wives submitting to the husbands of the church to Christ, man, we got to talk about how we got to become Christ to our wives and give them a reason to want to give everything to us in return. And that's our responsibility. It says to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Our job, our number one job, is to be the protector, to be the lover, to be the companion, to be the, I don't want to say savior, but I think it's more over just about just being the one who has devoted their life to take care of our wives and to protect her. And not that wives need protecting, but they shouldn't have to. You know, I always, all the time raising my daughter, like you don't need a man to, you know, to uh, provide for you. You don't need a man to protect you. You don't need a man to uh, be successful in this world. But when you marry somebody, even though you don't need all those things, you shouldn't have to because the men should be able to step up and, you know, to his ability, to his, to his desire, and, and not really to his ability. He, he ought to just put lay himself down for you. But my, my point in saying all this is that it's not about the wife being less or weakened. It's about her being empowered by her man and the man being empowered by his wife and really working that co-union. Again, it's not a matter of us needing. In fact, Paul even says, I think in... Uh, is it, I don't remember exactly. I have to look it up. But Paul says if you, it's better if you don't marry. You know, if you can just devote your life all to God, then that's great. If you, so, so to the unmarried or the widows, just, you know, it's probably a better idea if you're not married. But if you can contain, if you have that desire to marry, then by all means, marry one another. And what that is saying is that we don't necessarily have to have marriage. We don't have to. Women don't have to have a man. Men don't have to have a woman. Um, you know, in order to be successful, to be strong, to be, uh, you know, to have a good, you know, life, to be able to be loved and 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 by God. I mean, you don't have to have a somebody else as a uh, companion. Now, if you, but you know, we do have a physical body that needs physical needs met. If we're going to talk about that, we have a, a, a an emotional you know need to, to have a companion. I mean, these are all things that are natural in most people's lives. And so if you're a, if you desire to marry, then by all means marry, but don't marry because you have to have somebody marry the right person whom you truly believe, marry the person that's going to give you the best chance to have a forever marriage that you can truly live every single day, waking up, like I said earlier, saying, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with and give all of myself to, to make sure that they are as happier than, and, and joyful and fulfilled as much as possible. You know, um, that, that's really, the, that's really what it's about. It's about just, you know, I heard one person say, you know, marriage is gifts 50, 50. And I've never prescribed by that. I've always said, actually, marriage is a hundred, hundred. Now you may not always reach a hundred percent, but if both people, both the husband and the wife are giving a hundred percent, then you'll fall somewhere over a hundred on the average because both are really striving to give all of themselves to the relationship and that can't fail. And of course, if the husband is Christ to the church and is always willing to give everything to her, then wives, it's easy for them to want to give themselves back to the, to, the, to the husband. And again, it's not about 
some sort of like servanthood, like submit, submit kind of seems like a bad word, but when I think of my relationship with God, I don't think of myself as a slave. I don't think of myself as a servant. I think of myself as somebody who loves God so much that I want to do every single thing I can to please him. And that's because he gave himself all to me. I want to give all of myself to him. And that's the kind of relationship that a husband and wife should have. The husband, by example, because he's the head of the church, you know, he's the head of, of the family, his example is to give all of himself to the wife and to all to give himself to the children, and they in return respond to it by wanting to give all of themselves to him. So my question to you today is, in your relationships, even specifically your marriage relationships, are you giving it your all? Are you finding yourself, you know challenged every day to make your relationship and your marriage better today than it was yesterday? Or are you finding yourselves more dull and maybe more like, it's just really not something that is a priority to you. Just something that you just have. You made this commitment a while ago, maybe almost last year or whatever, but, and you're kind of like, you know, I've kind of getting old out of it. I, I challenge you, man, take this, take the step to really, focus on your spouse. You know them more and better than anybody else on this earth. At least you're supposed to anyway, right? So you know what makes them take. You know what makes them happy. You know what makes them feel, you know, like they're on top of the world, right? The things that we all have things that, you know, really make us just feel better about ourselves. And when our spouse taps into those things and really gives themselves, give all, gives all themselves to make sure that we are, uh, affected by them, then all of a sudden the marriage starts to work like a machine, man. We're just rolling through this life, and no matter what happens in this life, no matter what is thrown at us, whether it be bad days or whether it be bills or whether it be stress for children, all these things, they don't matter right? because we are devoted 100% to our spouse and they to us, and no matter what, we can accomplish anything. And I think that's why the God gave us the, the, the understanding of Adam and Eve. And even though, yes, the Adam and Eve fell, if you think about it, Adam was willing to give up per, his perfection to be with Eve. And I, and I think that that's, uh, like I, I know some of you are like, wait, what did you just say? Well, think about it for a moment, right? When Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, okay, she went to her husband, to Adam, and said, hey, I have this fruit here. I know that the Lord told us not to eat of this fruit, um, but the serpents, you know, said it's fine. We won't die. You know, and, and I think Adam had a choice to make and, you know, he had already seen God. This is my line of thinking. Okay. That's maybe wrong, but just hear me out here. He already seen God create a woman, created Eve. Um, he know it very well that he's not supposed to eat of this forbidden fruit. And if he does, he knows that there's going to be repercussions, but he also, I believe, knew that he was going to lose his perfection, lose that oneness with the Lord. And, but he was willing to, in order to, to, to keep Eve around, to not lose her, he was willing to give up his perfection to be with Eve. Who else does that sound like? To me, it sounds like Jesus. Remember, Jesus was willing to give up his perfection 
Willie, when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do, he turned to the Lord and said, on the cross and says, why have you forsaken me? You know, he was willing to give up his, his perfection to die a physical body, to die to take up all of our sin of the world, literally of the world's sin on his shoulders and sacrifice them at that cross, willing to give up his perfection so that he could be with you and I. To me, that's powerful. That's saying that God is literally through his son Jesus saying, I am willing to give all of myself so that we can be together. That's the same way Adam said to Eve, I'm willing to give up all of myself just so that we can be together. Now, because of that, obviously sin came into the world. We have suffering because of it. But honestly, because of Jesus, we're able to now have a place of escape and to be restored back to the original relationship with God that Adam and Eve had before the fall is that now that there's a, a bridge to that relationship, and of course that bridge's name is Jesus. And again, it comes back to just the power, powerful bond that a husband and wife can bring to the world and to, the, to, to heaven and just to uh, civilization when they really work together 100% to make sure that each other is fulfilled and is, is you know, they were fulfilling their vows to one another. That just, to me, when when a husband and wife are working as intended by God, there's nothing that can stop them. There's nothing that can stop at all. And, and, and you know, when, when a husband and a wife are de de dedicated themselves to each other and making sure that there's no distractions, there's nothing that's going to put them away from wanting to to give all of themselves to each other and they're not going to let the distractions of the world, you know, come in and interfere with that relationship. You know, I, I hear some people here, uh, you know, uh, have rules, right. When they go to bed, I, okay, I was reading an article this morning. Um, and, uh, it was about Justin Bieber, right. Okay. He said that him and his new wife, they have a new, they have a rule. Okay. This is the gospel according to Justin Bieber, but I think it's smart. Him and his new wife, they have a rule. The rule is that there is to be no phones uh, in the bedroom, okay, unless it's absolutely necessary. And I was like, man, that's actually pretty smart. You know, I I am guilty of laying in bed in the morning and reaching over and grabbing the phone, checking social media, whatever. My wife on the other side doing the same thing. You know, and at the same, I'm like, man. Whereas we used to cuddle a lot, we're now we're kind of looking at our phones, you know. So I'm gonna talk to my wife about that later on. Like maybe we should just like not have the phones anymore in the bedroom. Let's just let's keep the phones out of the bedroom and let's just spend the time we would be going on our phones, you know, talking about our day and and just you know um, and just holding each other or just kind of creating that you know that bond that only a husband and wife can have. Just getting rid of the distractions and just putting away things that. You know, that if it's if it's anything that is causing a, a a rift or a division in our relationships with our with our spouse, man, it's time just to get rid of it, just to cut it out, and just to use that time and the energy, and to that we would be doing on the distractions back onto our spouse. Anyway, guys. I just want to, I hope this has been a blessing to you. I know I talked a lot about marriage today, uh, but I think, again, this is just, I think this can just be true about any relationship, you know, any, any friendship or relationship that we have with people, you know, that we just don't let the distractions uh, and around, things around us that can interfere with it just to pull us away. And, you know, humanity is 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 reliant on us for having relationships with people 
once we stop losing the, the once we stop the art of communicating and relating with one another and we you know stop just well socializing and, and just being friends and lovers and 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 acquaintances and just you know what i'm saying like once we stop being humans to one another we we just what else is there you know and god gave us the ability to create and to love and to communicate and to um articulate our feelings and i mean just there we have so many tools to our disposal to be able to relate with one another that i don't think we're using even ha use, even using half of it um, and that's a shame. And I, I think that it's important that in society, we start bringing ourselves more together than apart. And sometimes the things that we created, like technology, like phones or whatever, where their intention is to bring us together, have actually caused us to be more further apart. Uh, how many times do you go out to dinner and you see people more on their phones than they are talking to the people at the table? Um, you know, so just as long as we're mindful, um, nothing wrong with having a phone, nothing wrong with having social media. But our first priority should be the people who we can reach out and touch and feel and talk to face-to-face. -face. That should be our first priority, not some virtual screen and people out and about and out in, 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 the, in the technological world and the, you know, the space of, of uh, you know, what's going on in the phone. Anyway, I'm rambling. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Be blessed. Until next time, uh, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. Mm -hmm.